0: Welcome back to Including You. I'm your host, Amy C. Waninger, the Inclusion Catalyst. My guest today is Malika Serrano. She's the VP for Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging of Guild. Guild is a career mobility organization that enables forward-thinking employers to invest in their employees, unlocking life-changing opportunities for personal and professional growth through educational and learning programs, career development, and one-on-one coaching. Guild has about 1,350 employees all across the U.S. Malika, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I am excited to have you and to unlock all of the greatness that is going on in uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging at Guild. But let's start at a very high level with... Why is inclusion so
1: important to your organization? How does it help you fulfill your mission? Absolutely. Um, And thank you for this great question. I love it because, you know, what really attracted me to Gil is is our ethos. Um, And we provide um, opportunities for folk who historically um, may not have had access. And so that resonates very deeply with me, uh, first and foremost, as a DEIB practitioner, um, and it's so exciting and invigorating to be able to work um, in a mission-driven organization and doing this work, DEIB, every day. Um, so talk to me a little bit more about the mission and the ethos and what what kind of hooked you. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so again, you know, thinking about some of those like DEIB sort of principles, um, you know, we look at um, really changing and enacting change around structures and systems. And so what Guild does is it says, hey, you know, we recognize um, that um, there are, that opportunity, uh, that folks have opportunity, but those opportunities have not been available to everyone in an equal or equitable way. And so what we do is we create those opportunities in those spaces for people to really soar and reach their full potential. And what excites me also um, as a caregiver, as a mama of two folks, two little kids, um, it not just supports the um, the person who's uh, taking on that that opportunity, but it reverberates across their community, their families, um, et cetera. So it's just an awesome opportunity and a way to scale all that richness and that goodness.
0: When you talk about full potential, people reaching their full potential, it's like you're speaking directly into my soul, because I think of all the wasted potential that organizations have when their folks aren't engaged, when they're not able to ask questions or take risks or try new things, when they're not able to be seen for all of the amazing things that they are and can do. And so unlocking some of that, not just for the employee, but it sounds like also for the employer to be able to recognize and harness some of that uh, is also an important part of what you do. Is that correct?
1: That is absolutely correct. hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. Um, And I would say, you know, in terms of, um, you know, our holistic approach to DEIB um, we really do strive to create um, that equitable and inclusive space um, where investing in diversity again is tied hand in hand, you know, with our mission Um, and, you know, kind of continuing along with the theme that you were talking about, Amy, in terms of, you know, the employer and the employee both benefiting from it. You know, we also believe this should be a priority for every single company, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. It really is more than just a philosophy um, at Guild. It's central to who we are, why we exist. Um, and um, if, I ca- if I may, I'd love to share just a little bit more about the strategy that we have laid out at Guild. Um, So really believe in, if you will, taking care of home first. And so our DEIB strategy is centered around four different pillars, the workforce, the workplace, our marketplace, and our community. And when I joined Guild two years ago, um, I really focused and centered around um, those first two components of our pillars. So really focusing on the workforce, so the um, incredible humans who are at Guild working every single day as well as creating an equitable space of inclusion and belonging um, where everyone, you know, can show up and be their full authentic selves. You know, this is
0: an interesting way to look at these pillars because I've heard these expressed different ways, Mm -hmm. but I really like the not just the play on words and the way that but the way they connect linguistically, workforce, workplace, marketplace and community, because that's a a little bit different. um, It's a different feel. Then when companies say, well, you know, we focus on people and environment and market opportunity and, you know, it's, which is kind of stale, but these really, these words really bring those pillars home. Can you talk about what you're doing within those Mm -hmm. that you feel like is really moving the needle for Guild?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, so let's take, for example, our um, workplace pillar. Um, So, One of the things that we're really, really proud and excited about um, is that we rolled out um, compulsory DEIB learning journeys across the company at scale. And so once someone joins Guild, um, first and foremost, they have an hour-long onboarding with DEIB, with Team DEI. So that, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, that really like sets the tone on the stage um, for the importance that the company places on DEI. And then afterwards, um, we have um, a session for Gillers uh, that covers you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, privilege, allyship, um, and a lot more. And our DEIB learning journeys um, have kind of two different components to them. One of those um, cover the topics that I just mentioned, you know, active allyship, um, looking at inclusion, as well as unconscious bias. And then we also have another track for managers. So looking at um, inclusive performance evaluation, inclusive hiring practices, you know, working with colleagues with disabilities, and also very importantly, um, a hybrid working environment. So really make sure that everyone has that kind of baseline, you know, understanding, uh, because that really does help infuse uh, an inclusive spirit and environment. And then, um, of course, hiring practices, you know, is is really important. And so um, we take a lot of intentionality around looking at um, the workforce. How are we bringing folks equitably and inclusively um, with an eye to diversity um, into the, the organization of the company? And so for example, you know, we do job description bias reviews. And so in the talent acquisition space, we review job descriptions for bias, as well as um, exclusory language um, prior to posting to really ensure that all possible identities are welcome to apply. Um, we also you know, look at um, external partnerships to help support that talent pipeline. So um, investing in those um, relationships to diversify the candidate pipeline, to track aggregate diversity in our talent pool, and also intentionally diversifying on um, the finalist pools for each role. Um, I can tell you personally, I um, conduct a lot of interviews at Guild, and I am um, not just saying this because I'm the head of DEI, uh, but because it is true. Um, I'm extremely um, impressed and absolutely um, and delighted to work with the talent acquisition team um, every single day. My colleagues are incredible, and they really do apply an equity lens um, to their work and their roles. So want to give them their their flowers and their shine.
0: That's fantastic because there are, there are so many ways I think that people are um, put into gatekeeper roles in talent acquisition roles. And it sounds like your folks are working really hard to open the floodgates and make sure that as many qualified folks can get through as possible. What have you seen in terms of results from the work that you're doing, because I mean, you're doing some amazing stuff, just this notion of having employees come in in their first day or their first week, mm-hmm. they get an hour with the DEI team is incredible enough because, like you said, it it affirms the, the organization's commitment to DEI, but it sets that expectation from jump, right, that, you know, this is what we expect of you, this is what we look for, this is what we value. But what kind of results are you seeing from all of this
1: work? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, So I think um, one of the the strongest uh, sort of ways or metrics, you know, I'd like to point to that we're really excited and proud of um, are our employee resource groups. So our ERGs um, were kicked off in early 2021, um, started with four, and we now have just um, launched our seventh ERG, our Caregivers and Ally Network. Yes, yes. Um, And, you know, these groups really do um, support and are centered around uh, historically marginalized communities, but what we've done is we have reimagined the spaces as both um, leadership accelerators, so thinking of ERGs as a program, and also it's an opportunity for um, thought innovation, so a business incubator, if you will, for the business. Now sixty. Tell 60 me more old. about
0: this. Uh, Wait, tell me more about this business incubator <laughs> thing because this is—you've got my attention, right? Okay. As my son okay. says, you used, you had my attention. Now you've got my curiosity. So talk to me about this business incubator thing, and then I'll let
1: you finish your thought on sixty
0: because I want to know what that is too.
1: <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay, that sounds great. All right. So, um, so incubator for the business. Um, we we recognize and want to tap into the the talents and the strengths. Um, of our ERG community and our leadership, and doing so in a reciprocal fashion. So reciprocity is truly at the center of this work. And what do I mean by that? Well, far too often, what ends up happening um, with folks from historically marginalized communities, they are asked to give and to give and to give. It's an extraction, if you will, um, without that replenishment, without that nourishment, without that recognition. And so that does not happen here. That does not happen here. Um, Ways in which um, we are sure to be able to recognize and reward our ERG leaders. So our ERG leaders um, receive compensation and they have choice. That can be in the form of cash or equity, as well as our um, executive sponsors receive compensation. Our ERGs are also um, receive a really significant budget. And so this tie-in, between an incubator for the business. So the business, meaning it could be say engineering or someone in our member services division, or oftentimes on the people team, say, hey, we're working on a a new benefits package. And we wanna connect with our disability action community to see how this might resonate. Or we wanna connect with our gender and sexual diversity community to see how this might resonate. And so when the business connects with our ERG leaders and our ERG communities, there is that knowledge transfer and there is a follow through of recognition. And this can be in the form of um, a lattice praise, which then the ERG leaders manager will see, which can then be part of those performance discussions and conversations um, and other mechanisms. So reciprocity again is at the center. Fantastic. Okay. Finish your thought about 60, 60. <laughs> 60, what? I'm like, I'm
0: like, okay. 6 60, what?
1: <laughs> yes, ma'am. So 60. So 60, 60% of guilders are involved in one or more employee resource group. Yes. Wow. It is very, it is central. It is at the core of, of our culture, of our employee engagement experience.
0: that does for your employees individually and collectively? What do you what do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um so so we know, you know, based on um the feedback that we receive from um ERG leaders and folks who participate in programs, time and time again, um, that folks repeat, are reporting that they're feeling seen, um, that they're feeling, you know, respected. I can't tell you how many times, Amy, I've participated in an event and either the speaker or someone in the audience says, wow, this is the first time I've been in a company where Ramadan was celebrated or recognized, or wow, this is the first time I've been in a company where we can have these kind of discussions. And so it is, it makes me feel, I get, I get chills. And it makes me feel really, really happy and proud um, because this is who we are. This is, this is DEIB in action.
0: You know, and it, it occurs to me too, that not only are you doing this internally, but you're creating a model and setting a bar for your clients to emulate as well. And I, I'm imagining that most of your focus is internal in your role, but do you want to say anything about kind of the, the, the ripple effects outward from the company?
1: Certainly. Um, So uh, really excited to share uh, that uh, last year we did receive um, a a national award for our work with employee resource groups. Um, So the work that we're doing really truly is leading edge. And um, when I mentioned the different pillars of our strategy, the marketplace arena, that's one where um, in this kind of coming year, we're excited to, to expand and to do more work in that space. Um, and really welcome the opportunity, you know, to connect with some of our employer partners or academic partners, um, share some best practices around, um, around this work.
0: So with all of that, (laughs) what is it that you'd like to accomplish in the next year? Or what would you like to see changed? I know you're doing more marketplace work, but, but what's a goal that you've set for your, for your organization or for your team for the next year?
1: (sighs) Yeah. Um, so one of our goals actually um, is centered around data. So um, a lot of the work that we do initially, well, let me st- let me let me start let me start back. Okay. Two years ago, when we launched our ERGs and we were starting to do a number of different engagement exercises, some of it was based on um, more kind of like anecdotal pieces and some ground up pieces. Um, But we have gotten a lot more intentional and sophisticated around gathering and collecting and analyzing DEIB um, data. And so to that end, we have employee engagement data around certain dimensions of diversity, equity, inclusion. And we also kicked off a few months ago a project that I'm really passionate about, and that is an expansion of those sort of historic EEOC questions, you know, the five kind of like 1975 wants one their questions back, <laughs> that one. Um, and what I like about the expansion is that it really enables more people um, to, to be seen and to be counted uh, and to, um, to be able to express themselves more fully and more richly and more deeply. And with that data, so some of the questions, for example, you know, are around looking at gender identity, um, you know, looking at caregiver status, um, looking at veteran status, so on and so forth, um, really more expansive around disabilities, because we know that there's diversity um, that is apparent and also non-apparent. And we want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to um, you know to be heard and to be recognized. And so with that, that's like one of the big things that we're working on um, this year is continuing to to hone in on those data-driven practices.
0: I think that's really important because, it's hard to know, and you've probably, you you said you watched some of my stuff. So you've probably heard me say this a thousand times, right? It, it's hard to know who feels included, who doesn't, and why, mm-hmm. unless you really ask and you get down into that level of data. And what I think is interesting about some of the questions that you're asking, these are not fixed, immutable traits. Mm-hmm. These are things that are fluid and change over time, and people's understanding of them changes over time. And so I'm, you know, not to put words in your mouth, but I'm guessing this is going to be kind of a pulse check repeatedly because caregiver status changes, people's understanding of disability changes, people's understanding of, of gender and sexuality changes over time. And it's hard to know kind of where your folks are, are, um, experiencing or how your folks are experiencing the workplace without understanding where they're coming from in that experience. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely, uh, a thousand percent, Amy, and you know you think about um, you know what what resources you have available, you want to make sure that you deploy those resources in ways in which they're going to have the greatest impact. And so therefore, by doing um, you know this this big data redesign project and really going out to our community and saying, hey, we want to expand, um, the way in which um, we're gathering data, the way in which you can, um, you know, show up here at, at Guild, um, we're then going to be taking that, and that's going to help us drive, um, you know, decisions around our programming processes, et cetera.
0: I am so excited that Guild has you in the seat that you're in, doing this amazing work. I am excited for the work that you're doing as a company, and I can't wait to see more great things and more national awards for your work. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. Malika, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing this with our audience.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Amy. This was a real honor and a real treat for me. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Likewise.
0: Thank you.